he not? Uh, how great is our God? The God is so holy. We sing about him here. And there's no sound. Anyway, that's great. <laughs> our God is so great though, isn't he? Our God is so holy and mighty and we worship him and we get a glimpse of just how uh, splendiferous he is, if that's a word. Um, we can make up words to praise our God, can't we? Hey, welcome this morning to church. Um, if you're here for the first time, um, then we just um, yeah, hope you just have a great time this morning with us as we worship our great God together. Uh, and if you're here, just, you've moved to the area and you're looking, um, trying to work out which church you'll attend, um, when we just find you can uh, find a great place to be encouraged and to encourage others here. And also a big welcome this morning um, to the family and friends of Emma and Matt Westman. They're dedicating this, their um, little Ella this morning. So let's welcome them, church. Um, the family and friends of Emma and Matt Westman. We're going to uh, dedicate Ella in a little one. That's going to be fantastic. I'm going to do that and hopefully there'll be not too many mistakes. Um, hey, just there's a few things just to be aware of in the bulletin. Just that um, so many uh, ministries are looking for people to just help out and serve and, and use their gifts. And if you're just thinking about, gee, how can I serve and how can you know, I be used and my gifts be used, just have a good look at the bulletin. There's kids ministry and there's small groups ministry and there's a plethora of other things. There's another word for you. don't know the meaning of. Um, but there's lots of things to get involved in, so check it out in your bulletin. Um, and the other thing is, the last week we had a, a, a prayer focus and it was great. We started last Sunday night from 9.30 and we prayed all the way through the night, finished at 6.30 and then we started a week long of praying at from 6.30 in the morning till 7.30 and then again at night from 8 to 9 and, and that went through the whole week except for Friday. Um, and it was just brilliant. And our, our church is really founded on prayer. And we just want to encourage everyone um, to, to continue that throughout the whole year. But what a great way to start the year, hey, just kind of praying and seeking God that He would just be leading us powerfully. Um, so that was fantastic. Hey, um, just there's another thing. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, not coming up. Just got to slow down a bit here. Um, we have uh, a lot of teachers here, or some people who do Christian religious education, and that's to um, you know running RE in, in the primary schools around here, and it's such an awesome ministry, and I know so many people that when you ask them what was an influential part of their life, it was the, the ministry they had to them when they were children, and that was a seed sown, and, and they kind of went on with the faith as they got older. And we just want to have an announcement now, we've got a little DVD promoting the work of CRE, so have a look at the big screen have the, uh, the dedication um, of Ella. So let's welcome, give a warm welcome to Matt and Emma and to Ella. Hello, how are you guys going? How long have you guys been coming to church, just out of curiosity? Uh, we've been coming here for about a year. And previous to that, I think since I was about, I don't know, about five, when my mum first ta started taking me to Sunday school. Fantastic. Is that mic good? No. <laughs> Hello? No? That's all right. We'll go with this one. Hey, you guys um, this morning uh, have come to bring uh, young Ella, your daughter, to before the Lord, and it's just what Joseph and Mary did um, with Jesus. So they brought him to the, 
the temple and they presented him to the temple as well. Um, and by doing this, you're uh, recognizing that Ella, uh, she isn't your child alone, that she also belongs to God. Um, and so you're coming to say this morning that you recognize that because she belongs to God, that you as, as being parents, you've got responsibilities before God as well. Uh, and you've come in this morning to make those responsibilities. Today you want to publicly commit yourselves to bringing up Ella um, in the Christian faith. So it's fantastic. It's very, very good. Um, i tell you what, God really loves children. Um, Jesus, the Son of God, hears some words from him. That's what he says. This is Mark 10, from chapter, 13, uh, chapter 10, verse 13. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. So our God loves children. Our God loves beautiful Ella here. So this morning, um, I don't know, I look at this child here, I look at Ella, I just go, I just want to thank God for her. I just want to pray and say, God, thanks so much. So let's, as a church this morning, just, let's just pray and thank God for Ella. Oh, Lord God, we just want to thank you um, that you are the creator of everything. You give us life and breath and each new day. You're our God and Father. God, we just want to say thanks to you right now for the joy that we have because Ella has been born. What an incredible miracle it is to see this precious gift of life that you have given us. God, thanks for all the good things that you have given and will give to us through her. Thanks for the incredible potential of this baby girl and all the unlived days that lie before her. God, thanks for the love she stirs up and the care for which she has with her family. You are good, God, and we thank you so much for the gift of Ella. Amen. She looks lovely as well. Um, In this time of dedication, there are three key elements. The first um, part of it is uh, Matt and Emma, you guys are going to dedicate yourselves to bringing up Ellen in the Christian faith so that one day she might be able to give her life to Jesus and choose for herself. And secondly, um, Brad and Lisa Addison and Michelle Weeks and myself, uh, we're going to choose this day to begin a special friendship with Ella, one of encouraging her toward an eternal relationship with God through faith in Jesus. And we are going to publicly commit to that as well. And the third component is that we as a church, we as a church this morning, are going to commit to support and care and encourage Ella in in her understanding of Jesus. So what I'm going to do is uh, ask you guys some questions, um, and they're basically promises of you dedicating yourselves to this kind of role. So if you agree, you can say, I do, if you like. Um, Matt and Emma. Do you thank God for his gift of Ella? And do you accept the joys and duties of parenthood, promising to love and care for her? I do. Great. And do you promise to bring Ella up within the Christian faith and to share with her your own faith in Jesus Christ? I do. I do. 
Very good. Okay, we're going to ask uh, Brad and Lisa and Michelle, if you guys could just um, come up to the front. I'm going to ask you some questions as well. Lisa, Michelle, and Brad. Church, good. Um, so today, um, Brad, Lisa, Michelle, uh, myself, <laughs> um, we're going to make a special commitment as well, and that's a commitment toward cultivating a friendship with Ella. You know that we would be a people around her who really think about her and pray for her and along to share our own faith with her, so that one day she might herself and put her trust in Jesus. So I'm going to ask um, you a question, myself a question now. Um, do you, do I promise to cultivate this friendship with her, um, to love her, to pray for her, and to share her own faith, your own faith with her? Do you promise to do this? I do. Great. Okay, that's where it gets interesting. Um, very pretty okay this is a question um, for you church um, this is Matt and Emma fellow family members here at Wodonga Baps and I have a question for you and if you agree you might like to um, say with a bold commitment we do um, do you promise to offer Matt and Emma your love and care and to join with them in sharing your Christian faith with Ella. Yeah, that was, that was good. Well, why don't we all stand now uh, as a church and let's, let's um, pray God's blessing upon Ella. Let's bow our heads and pray. All right, let me first ask you guys, do you want to name this lovely child? We do, Ella May Westman. Ella May Westman, gorgeous name as well. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we just want to pray a blessing upon Ella May now, Lord Jesus. Father God, we just um, long for her to know you fully, God. We long that from this day forward, that through all the people who surround her, through Matt and Emma, through Brad and Lisa, Michelle and myself, through this whole church family, God, that she would one day come to be able to put her trust in you, Lord Jesus, to have an eternal relationship with you, God. Father, we pray that. We sincerely pray that. Lord God, we pray that you would um, use Matt and Emma and that through all the tough times and good times, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to her. Father God, keep her as your own. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Very good. Well, I might hand you back this lovely little girl. And uh, we have a little certificate here for you as well. You guys can grab a seat if you like. It's just to, for you to remember the day by. Thanks very much, guys. Great. <laughs> I was going to go to the kiss, but it wouldn't be too much. Let's continue in worship. Yeah, give them a round of applause. Good morning, church. 
hope we're, I'm working. No, I'm not. Well, we'll try just a little bit more and then I'll grab, grab something there. Is that coming through now? Pardon? <laughs> What's he saying? Okay, so it must be a dead spot up here, mustn't it? Isn't that interesting? Have we got enough batteries to use that one? Great. I'll keep, oh, look at that. Hey, great. Good stuff. Don't we appreciate our sound people? They do a great job. I just, I just been filled up with thankfulness uh, over the weekend. It wasn't, didn't Phil do a great job of the dedication too. Great stuff, Phil. We're really blessed to have such a great pastoral team. Yesterday I was at a wedding where Gail Hill and I shared together and she did part of the wedding with me and I just felt such joy. We've got a great pastoral team at this church and I think we're really blessed to have these people. Yesterday it was uh, Christina and Christian. Uh, we're getting married. Christian Kempler and Christina Strang. So they're married. So isn't that good news for them? Why don't we just say great stuff? And uh, thanks again for leading us in worship, Wendy and the team. It's just great to be reminded that it's all about Jesus, isn't it? And just coming back to the heart of worship. Just a, a bit of a recap. Um, for So far this year, we've got together and we've reminded ourselves about who we are as a church and what God throughout the Bible has said about us as a church. Remember talking about the fact that God has always been calling a people to himself and we are the people of God. Uh, we looked in the second week of the biblical images of the church about the fact that we're the body of Christ. All that have come to God come through Jesus Christ and put our faith in him and now we're either a hand, a foot, an earlobe or we're part of God's body. We've been given gifts and we use them together. Then we looked in that third week of that series that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the church. Each one of us has God's Spirit living and dwelling within us. And together as we come together and seek his mind, God's Spirit leads us. At the end of that time, I, I, I don't know about you, but just the feeling of a sense that we are, are God's people, his body and his temple, and there's a oneness and a unity about us. Last week... We said, just in case you knew and you didn't know, there's a lot of things as a church that we're passionate about. And remember, we said that we've got some values that we hold dearly, that we're Christ-centred, that we value a biblical basis in everything that we do. We value worship. We value prayer. We value loving Christian community. We value growth. We value... Service, rolling up our sleeves, getting into it. We value integrity. We value evangelism, telling other people about Jesus. And we value welcome. These are the things as a church that we stand for and we value deeply. And today we're beginning a new series about three essentials for life. Uh, this morning, I'm going to be sharing uh, with you about the first essential, committing yourself to God. Next week, Gail's going to be sharing with you about receiving from God the things that he wants to give to you and to me and to our church and each one of us. And the following week, I'm going to be looking at 
our response to receiving from him, after we've committed to him and received from him, our response of, of giving back to God. So that's where we're going for the next three weeks. I, I want to ask you this morning, how's life really going for you? Uh, it sounds like a strange question to ask in a church like this. Like, you all look fantastic. But really, I want to ask this morning, how's life really going. I mean, if we were to uh, pull back the curtain on your life, if we were to open up and to look into your heart, how are things travelling with you? Would we find an anxious heart? Would we find a heart that is just lost hope? For the future, would we find a heart that is really disappointed with where you've come to this far in life? What would happen if we pulled back? See, the truth is, we live in a world today, don't we, where the media, the writers of today, the intellectuals, the people who write songs, the, the ones who have a voice, the politicians, all say to us, today through many different ways that you can make your life great. You know, believe in yourself comes the advice for us. Um, You can make the best choices for you. So if it feels right in your heart, then make that choice. Only you know what's best for you. We get all advice like eat well, work hard, exercise, make the right choices. You need to decide what's best for you. Wonder how life's going for you at the moment. Are you finding a deep sense of satisfaction? My guess is today that for many people, for many people here this morning, that life is not all that you hoped it would be. That perhaps as we pull back the curtain on your heart, you wouldn't show many people it, but perhaps you gave your best to a marriage that you hoped would last forever. But it fell apart. And today the pain is so real and fresh. Perhaps the decision that you made in the past that you thought would make you financially secure, now you find you've overcommitted yourself so much that you could lose everything. Perhaps today the friendships that you had poured yourself into, a group of friends, of people you trusted, maybe your family, maybe they've come crumbling down. And if we pulled back your heart, it would reveal that you feel very alone and in a different place than you'd ever hoped that you would be, working out your life, trying to make the right decisions, doing what your heart said was best. Well, it's good news this morning. The, the truth is that God cares 
about what's deep in your heart. He cares about how you feel this morning. In fact, the Bible says that God not only cares, but he's searching. We're having some real technical problems, aren't we? There we go. Look at that. The good news is that God not only cares, but he's searching. His eyes are searching through the world. He's looking and he's seeking. And it says that his eyes are ranging throughout the whole world. And do you know what the good news is? Aubrey Wodonga is still part of the whole world. <laughs> so this morning, this verse is saying that God is searching and he's looking. And our church, this morning, he's looking at each one of you and he's seeking and he's looking and he's searching. And what is he looking for? What is he, are his eyes ranging for? To strengthen. He's to strengthen you today if your heart is feeling low, if you're feeling the brokenness and disappointment of life, if you felt that striving in your own strength to try and do what your heart felt was good hasn't got you where you hoped you'd be. Today, God's eyes are looking at you to strengthen you. But you know what the verse says is the way to receive his strengthening. He's looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. This morning, no matter how you feel, God wants to come and strengthen you. If you'll commit your hearts fully to him this morning, his strength, receiving his help, receiving his power in your life, is dependent on that commitment to him, that crying out to him this morning. Fully committed. Fully committed. So how's your heart this morning? Is it fully committed to him? I want to say that the most important thing, the most important essential for your life is knowing God and committing yourself unreservedly to him. Let me say that again. The most important essential for your life is knowing God and committing yourself unreservedly to him. How do we actually do that? How do we get to know God, his character, his love, his plans, when we, when we start to come to know more about him, we spend time trying to figure out who this God really is. And it could be today is perhaps your first time in church for a long time. And, and you might say, well, this is the first essential of life is to get to know him. And what that means is to understand his character, what he thinks about you, what his plans are for you, your life, your purpose in being here. He wants you to get to know him and come to a point of making a commitment. When Mandy and I first went out, we knew very little about each other. In fact, you know, we didn't, we didn't really know what would happen after our first date. And I've told you before, at the end of the night, I loved the night and I kissed her on the forehead and I said, Mandy, I've had a lovely night. And she looked at me and she said, a little lower, please. 
And so I said, Mandy, I've had a lovely <laughs> night. <laughs> that didn't really happen, but it's a good joke, isn't it? <laughs> but after the first date together, there were some things that we liked. We got to know each other. The talk, conversation flowed. Uh, after the second date together, after a few more times out, I started to realise what she liked and what she didn't like, what she valued and what she didn't value. I started to realise what her character was like, what she was like as a person. And as we started to get to know each other, it all came to one day when I stood at the front of a church in front of people and I committed myself to Mandy for the rest of my life. God when he says that he's looking for people whose hearts are fully committed to him, wants you to get to know him so that you can come to a point where you can give your whole life fully to him, unreservedly, no matter what happens in the future, that you will live for him. The big question is, how can I do that? How can I actually get to know God and commit myself and give my life to him absolutely fully. You know, I think the first, very first thing that you need to do in order to do that is to realise and admit that you are not the best one to make decisions in your life. That you're not the best one to lead your own life. It goes right across what the people of today are saying. Everybody seems to be saying, it's you, your heart, follow what you think. The first thing about getting to know God and committing yourself unreservedly is recognising that you're not the right person to be making the decisions that dictate your life. We think we know best, but really our pride, our desire to avoid pain when sometimes it's what it's needed to help us grow. Our uh, often choices to do things which we think will make things better often make it worse for us. And as you think about your heart this morning and where you are, maybe it's because some of the decisions you've made have been completely wrong, even though you did them with the best intentions. The first step is to admit that you are not the one who's best to be in control. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Many people think that by them making their own choices, they're doing what's best for them. But nothing could be further from the truth doing what you think is right, living for yourself, going by what your own heart does, is a sure way to end up leading a life of destruction and death. Because we think we know what we need. But you know what? You didn't make yourself. You're not your creator. God is. He made you and he formed you and he knew who you would be even before you were born. The Bible says that he actually knows the plans that he has for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The inventor 
of an object knows how it's best to be used. And God made you. And he is the best one to be the one that's Lord of your life, that's making the decisions, that's directing your paths, that's leading you, that's guiding you every day. You are not the best one to be in control. So the first thing to do is just admit that his plans are better than yours. His plans are better than your own. And surrender your own will and say, God, from now on, I want to do what you want me to do, not what I want to do. Oh, people will think you're mad for doing that. Your family might think you've gone crazy. Uh, People will strongly uh, say, don't do that. Why? Because today it's about having power and control ourselves. First thing is to admit that. And then the second thing is to admit within this, realising and admitting that you're not the best to lead your life, is to admit that you have done wrong and you've made mistakes already in your life. That you've been, in fact, while you've been trying to do the best that you thought, you've been totally doing the opposite of what God wanted you to do. You've been going your own way. You've been doing your own thing. You've been ignoring what God wants to do. The first step is just to be saying, sorry, God. Sorry for thinking I could figure it all out. Sorry for trying to do it all on my own. Uh, Would you forgive me for doing this life all by myself? So firstly, it just begins by realising and admitting that you're not the best one to lead your life. God is. What's the second thing that we can do to get to know God and to commit ourselves unreservedly to him? Well, I think it's to give him everything by doing three things. So just stick with me in these things. Give him everything by doing three things. And the first thing is to put your faith in Jesus Christ, God's son. So if I am decide that, that I'm not the best person that God is, what now is my next step? Well, it's to put my faith in Jesus Christ, God's son, and put my faith in him totally. You know, there is no other way to come to God, the God who made you and who loves you. There's only one way to get to know God, and it's through Jesus. Jesus himself said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can you hear those words of Jesus? Can you understand the implications of them? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This means that there is no other way. You can't. Come to know God and give your life fully to him and still be interested in Buddhism and what it can do for you. You can't give yourself totally unreservedly to God and then also think about Islam and Muhammad or crystals or horoscopes or the new age or 
trying to do other things that make you right before God. Nothing else will do apart from coming to God through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came to earth so that we could see how God lives. Jesus died on a cross so that we could be forgiven. He took upon himself our sin. Jesus rose from the dead so that we can have a relationship with him today. So, in giving yourself unreservedly to him, firstly put your faith in Jesus Christ, God's son. The second thing to do in committing your life to God this morning, the first essential for life, is to turn completely from sin and from other gods. Do you know the first commitment, the first commandment in the Bible is this. First priority of all God's commands. You shall have no other gods before me. The God who calls us to follow him unreservedly says there is no room for two in this call. There's only one and I am it. I am a jealous God. I will not be shared. I am the one you need to make number one and priority in my life. So, so this is saying in this you have to turn completely from your sin and from other gods. God is one and we must worship only him alone. Deuteronomy 8.19 shows how much God uh, hates it when we take uh, his call to follow him alone lightly. Look what it says. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. Life is found only in Jesus. True life is found through him. And if you don't choose to give your life totally and unreservedly to him, you're choosing to put other things first in God's place. And you're choosing not life, but death. So, so God wants us to turn completely from sin and to turn to other gods. Look what he says about people who kind of half-heartedly uh, want to follow God. Kind of say, I'll give you it a little bit, but when I, something else comes up or when I'm tempted, it's too hard to turn away from that. Or maybe I'll keep doing these other things to these other gods that I like as well. This is what, what he says. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, because you are half-hearted, because you're indeciding, you're wavering between two opinions, you're neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. God is a loving God. He wants us to come to know him. But he does not tolerate us coming kind of not kneeling, not surrendering all, kind of trying to 
Keep sinning while we come to him. Keep following other gods. He says, I want you to come unreservedly to me. Make me number one in your life. God wants us to, first of all, admit that we're not the best ones to run our lives and make the decisions. And secondly, he wants us to put our faith, to come to him wholeheartedly by firstly putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And secondly, turning away from our sin and from other gods. And thirdly, he wants us to come to him by obeying him completely. Obeying him completely. Jesus said these words. He said, you are my friends if you do what I command. It's unthinkable for God to have someone to come and to say, I'm giving my life completely, unreservedly to you, and yet I'm choosing to live in a way that is totally opposite to you. You could think you're my friend. You could call yourself my friend. You could tell everybody else that you're my friend. But if you're not obeying me, you're not my friend. So Jesus says, Uh, you're my friends if you do what I command. God says, come to me unreservedly and give me your whole life and obey me. Now, one of the things that I think would show that we were obeying God would be that we wanted to know what he said and we wanted to understand what's in his word and we wanted to live learning about it. We've been looking through, um, working through the Bible, many of us reading through a bit each day and we've been through Leviticus and again, we've been finding so much that God's passion is for his people to be holy and to obey him and to do that. As you read his word every day, you learn more and more about what his desire is for you and for me in our lives. And then we can live it. But if we don't even read it, we don't even know what his desire is. And then we say, I'm his friend. Do you do what he commands? I don't know what he commands. Well, if you're giving yourself unreservedly to me, why don't you read my word and find out about that? There's people that say, I've given myself totally and completely reserved to him, but you know what? Church is kind of an optional event for me. Depends whether the sun's shining on that day or whether there's not too many other things on or whether there's you know, other engagements that we're called to. And maybe if we go once a month, that's a good idea. Staggers me. I mean, Jesus would say... You're neither hot nor cold. Where's your heart? When you come, we want to encourage and inspire you to come to know God more and to be with his people. And the call to give unreservedly and live for him is to say, I want to be with his people. I want to grow. I want to hear what God's saying to me, not only through his word daily, but I want to hear it preached and taught and I want to live it in that way. Some people come to me and say, look, I've had people come and say, we're leaving the, the church. And they say, why? We're not feeling connected. Well, I'm really sorry about that. How, how does that happen? Well, um, we just don't feel like we know anyone. Are you in a small group? We were, but we just sort of stopped going. Are you coming to church regularly? No. I feel like saying, how on earth can you expect to be connected if you don't meet with God's people regularly? And if you're not in a small group where you can share your lives together with other people. And church, I want to say, 
the responsibility for obeying God's word lies not with me. It lies with you. I'm, I'm responsible to lead this church as much as I can to help teach and preach God's word and to lead in this way. I'll be held accountable for that. But if you stand before God on the end of the day and say, I gave my life unreservedly for you, and then you say, oh, but my pastor didn't follow me up when I didn't come to church regularly, or I, didn't, I stopped growing because I wouldn't be in a small group, that will come to you. You're accountable. This is something that we want to do because we know God and we know that he loves us and we know that his plans are the best for us and the plans that he has are incredible. So we give ourselves wholeheartedly to him. Obey him completely. That means even when you're in the midst of suffering and people are being unkind to you, live for him then. When you are facing cancer and sickness, live for him then. When you are facing betrayal and broken relationships, live for him then. When you are facing disappointment, live, live for him always. Put your roots deep into his word and live for him. This morning, how can I get to know God and commit myself unreservedly to him? Well, it's by, one, realising and admitting that I'm not the best person to lead my life. Two, giving my life totally to God through firstly putting my faith in Jesus Christ, turning completely from my sin and from other gods and obeying him thirdly, completely. Obeying him completely. Now, what we come to now is a decision for each of you as we start this year. And I think you'll know that the decisions that you make affect the rest of your lives. Hey? I think it's true. I made a decision um, many times in my life that have affected my rest of my life. My decision to commit myself to Mandy had an effect on my life. My decision to study made an effect, had an effect on my life. Today, we've seen Matt and Emma, and they've made a decision today to commit themselves to bringing up Ella to know and to love Jesus. That's a commitment they've made publicly. The commitment that we're talking about today that God wants each one of us to make is to trust in the Lord with all our heart, to lean not on our own understanding and in all our ways to acknowledge him, knowing that he will guide our way. He will make our path straight. You know, at the end of... um, Deuteronomy, uh, they were called to make a decision. And what had happened is Moses had been teaching them about what they should do when they get into the promised land. And they'd been wandering in the wilderness for so many years, but now Moses had started to talk to them. This is what you're to do when you go into the promised land. This is what you're going to do in the promised land. And this is how I want you to live. And, this is... and then he finishes just before the end, just before uh, Joshua takes over. And he says to them now, choose life. 
Choose life. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, make a decision now so that your children may live. Matt and Emma, the decisions we made make uh, affect our children. And that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him with all that you have. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. For all that lay ahead, the advice that Moses gave was to choose life, to choose to commit yourselves wholeheartedly before God. When's the best time to make that decision? Now. Don't procrastinate about a life-changing decision like that. Don't put off a decision to give your life wholeheartedly and unreservedly to him. Constantly, I see people who were once appearing to go so strong, saying, my work took me away and I couldn't get to church. I couldn't have fellowship anymore. I didn't have time to read the Bible. And now, you know what? I don't really know what I believe anymore. Or I've made some decisions that put me way out of God's will. And I don't know if I even want to come back again. Church, today is the day. Will you commit your life wholeheartedly, unreservedly to him? I'm not talking if this is just your first day today. Maybe you need to grow and to get to know him more before you can put your whole trust in him. But do that wholeheartedly if this is your first time. But even if you've been following him for 40 years, is he priority? Is he number one above your wife, your family, your work, your everything? Does he control, have first place in your wallet, in your property, in your everything. Is he first? Give him your life today. In these moments, I'm just going to encourage you to quietly, before God, say what you might want to say to him this morning. Do a heart check. And if you feel like today you have not fully, unreservedly given your life over to God. Do that today. Remember, it's through Jesus. Remember, it's, it's saying to him, Lord Jesus, you're the way to God. Remember, it's turning completely from sin. And remember, it's obeying him completely, committing to do that. In these times, maybe you might just want to do that right now. Remember, don't delay. Procrastination can lead to death. Let's spend some time in quietness before God. And maybe in these times you just want to say to God, I'm just giving you my whole life, all that I am and all that I have. Maybe this moment you might just like to say, Lord, take it all. Take everything, my worries, my concerns, my future. I give it all to you. Thank you for Jesus. May you just think ahead at this time for the rest of the year and 
all that you're doing and may you just covenant with God in this time to put him first in everything that you do. Why don't you do that just quietly now? God, thank you. Thank you that the way to real life is in putting our whole trust in you. You've said, I've come that we might have life and have it in all its fullness. Thank you, God, as we, your people, put our trust in you. We know that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you'll lead us through all that lies ahead. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We have blue cards that are in your anyway. You've enabled us to have um, finances to live. We're so blessed in this country to even if we can't work, we still receive from our government. And so even with the little that we have or the lot that we have, Lord, we just want to take this opportunity now to give back to you. Take, take this money, which is an offering to you, and use it, Lord Jesus, to further your kingdom. That is the most precious thing that could happen here on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.